0: of Exodus. Have you got your smartphones, your electronic versions? We're going to go to Exodus. Can we pull that one up? We can go there. The next slide, please. Exodus, thank you, team. Exodus 15, chapter 15, verses 16 to 18. Till your people pass over, O Lord the people pass over whom you have purchased, you will bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, in the place, O Lord, which you have made for your own dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. Everyone say forever. And say and ever. ever. Forever and ever. Um, What I love about this scripture is we're going to break it down and we're going to look at different keys in this passage of scripture. We know that the kingdom of God, that Jesus came to fulfill uh, the uh, Old Testament and the law by bringing in the whole reign of the Holy Spirit and, you know, birthing the New Testament church. Um, But what's important, even though we're referring to an Old Testament scripture, uh, the New Testament fulfills the Old Testament is talking about there is a spiritual correlation between what the Old Testament refers to and what we can enjoy in New Testament times which we're living in today. And so again, if we read this, so I just want to read it one more time: till your people pass over, O Lord." So when we talk about passing over till, we're talking about timing, talking about access. Passing over is going from one thing to another thing, okay? which in a way represents doorways, represents opening up something new. We know the book of Exodus was very much a representation of God shifting his people from a place of bondage and then wanting to take them out of that and wanting to teach them. Uh, but we know, and I've, I did a message about 18 months ago, maybe 12 months ago, there was, very, it was a specific teaching on people being stuck in the wilderness. So there's some relevance in this a little bit today. But we know that the people of God went into the wilderness, but they weren't supposed to have stayed there as long as they did. Okay, God's plan was to move them into the promises a lot quicker. And so we know that God has a certain plan, but also we partner with the Word of God and we partner with God. Um, and sometimes we can experience delays and things like that. But if we go back to the scripture, till your people pass over, O Lord, till the people pass over whom you have purchased. What I love about this is the key word there in that line, purchased. Okay, that God uh, pays a price that he has purchased, that he does particular things to get a hold of his people. He wants he wants his people. He wants his people to move with him. He wants his people to be set free. And so the word purchase we're going to look at. You will bring them in. To bringing them in. Again, God moving them, collecting them, biting them, shepherding them, bringing them in, and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance. I love that part of the scripture. Planting them in, positioning them in, um, locking them in. You know, when you plant something, you're planning something not for temporary purposes. You're planning something for uh, a season to establish things. Who knows it's very hard to establish something if if there's just a temporary focus. Come on now. You think about really establishing anything in your life. You can't establish your marriage. You can't establish your family. You can't establish your household. You can't establish your career. You can't establish your business if your commitment is what we call superficial commitment. It's just this, oh, well, I think... I'm, I'm focused on this long-term, but actually really it's more of a temporary thing and we'll just see what happens, right? So where we then position ourselves that, oh, okay, we, we think we're planting, but we'll, we won't really put our roots down because, you know, what if I don't like it for a little while and I want to quickly pull out, right? So we know that planting is a solidification. It's a, there's a permanency around that. And in the mountain of your inheritance that there is an inheritance with God, that there's a kingdom. And God says that you are sons and daughters. You, are, you were abandoned orphans, or you were orphans, separated by God. And when you come into the kingdom of God, you get adopted. Everyone say adopted. And when you get adopted, you get adopted into the family of God, and therefore you become inheritors Of God's uh, provision and of his kingdom. Also, what I love about the word kingdom, I mentioned it during prayer, is it's king, the word kingdom comes from the king's domain. Kingdom, uh, king's dominion, the king's domain, the king's rulership, the king's ownership, the king's wealth, the king's resources. Uh, And also, dominion or domain is really wherever the, the king says something that it shall be established. Uh, That what his voice is obeyed when he sends out a command that things get established. And so we know that uh, the inheritance part of the kingdom of God is something that we should all be interested in. I'm going to break this down a little bit and then we're going to look at these key points. Uh, The next part says, in the place, O Lord, which you have made for your own dwelling. I love this. So it says that where God wants to plant us, he also there wants to be with us. So it's about understanding that the presence of God, the very a person of God uh, wants to be positioned where he has his people. So there's a partnership. It's a family that the father would be with us. The sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. Again, that word establish is coming through and the hands of God, which means the power of God. The might of God, the healing of God, um, the touch of God, the blessing of the Father upon our lives. That hand, uh, rep- that that word "hand" represents a lot of things uh, that you've established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. And so that last bit there talks about evermore. Talks about beyond time. Talks about uh, eternity. Talks about the everlasting factor of God and wanting to bring his people and move his people into a place of establishment into a place of planting so that they could enjoy the inheritance they could enjoy the king 's domain and everything that comes with it um, and that they would actually not just enjoy it by themselves but they would be there in the midst of their God in the presence of God really restoring the very idea that God had in the Garden of Eden you know the initial plan was for Adam and Eve to really to rule and reign and to be able to you know name the animals which they uh, Uh, They started to do, you know, when even that little thing there, you know, humans, you know, when you watch kids, one of the first parts of seeing a child learn and you open up the storybooks is they learn that's a cow, that's a horse, it says moo, it says nay, and there's something about watching a child and their identity, and their, their brain, and their sense of authority, and their sense of understanding things, coming to life when they actually look upon an animal, even in a picture, and naming it, and starting to name what that thing is. There's something right there inside their design that's linked back right to the Garden of an Eden, where he, you know he um, was encouraging Adam and Eve to name the animals because it was a part of their expression as children of God to take dominion, to rule. And rain in the garden, which was God's domain, where His presence uh, was among them. And obviously, we know that what happened was then they disobeyed, and we know. You know, that the serpent came in and tempted them. and There was the fall of man. And so obviously God's plan in terms of everything is to restore the access of the kingdom of God to his people. And obviously the number one key that's been able for us to see that restoration is Jesus Christ. If we talk about any key of the kingdom, it's Jesus Christ, the way, the truth and the life. Uh, that no one comes to Father but through Him. He's the ultimate key. But what we want to do is look at some of these other things today to bring further revelation. Is this okay so far? Do we have anyone here who's slightly interested? Okay, good. All right, just to see, just checking in. All right, because maybe some of you are looking at Facebook right now. I can't tell these lights. You're looking at Facebook, and it's maybe more interesting than this word. If it is, God bless you. Enjoy Facebook. But I know where I'm focusing right now. Amen. And that's the word. Okay. And if you are looking at Facebook, I didn't say that because I can see you because I can't. All right. But maybe the Holy Spirit just prompted me to say, hey, check in on the word Facebook for 30 minutes. It'll do you good. Amen. Um, so let's have a look at this next slide. When we look at this scripture in Exodus chapter 15. The children of Israel do not go in and possess the promised land because they forgot. Everyone say forgot. They forgot a number of things about their God. So what we're doing here on this slide is we're looking at the key word forgot. And it seems so minimal. It doesn't seem that important. But in fact, if you look all through the word of God, God is always encouraging us to be reminded of the truth, to be reminded of what he does, to be reminded who he is. Because one of the things that will steal keys away from you for you personally accessing the kingdom of God is when you forget the revelation of truth of God's word about you understanding certain things. For example, when we did the the, the praise uh, this morning and I came up and did some prayer afterwards, I was talking about, I sense the Lord was is refreshing revelation that you and I are righteous before God. We are right before God, Right. Uh, And so why is it important for us to be remembered or to remember that we are right before God? Someone tell me. Why is that important? Great. Yeah, good answer, Laurel. Let's give Laurel some love. Three, two, one. That's all right. Some of you forgot about the three, two, one. Ready? Three, two, one. Yeah, we'll do it one more time. Three, two, one. Good. All right. So Laurel said, yeah, if you're not reminded of the revelation that you're right before God, um, you fall into the trap of being, I like the word bogged down. You get bogged down by guilt and shame and I'm not good enough and I'm, you know, never meeting up to God's standard and all that type of thing. Right. Now let's talk about, everyone say bogged down, bogged down. Okay. With all that stuff, stuff that you've, the lies that you start believing because you've forgotten the truth is an example of the door being locked. Okay. So we know that a lot of times that when it comes to the keys of the kingdom, let's reverse. Okay, the keys of the kingdom, a lot of the keys is what we call revelation. Everyone say revelation. Okay, we're going to look at certain keys, but one of the keys we're going to talk about today is revelation. Jesus declared to Peter, blessed are you because something's been revealed to you from the Father in heaven. So you heard God clear to you that. Jesus was the son of God, right? And so he got revelation. Everyone again say revelation. So he got this revelation. Something was revealed to him. He got a sense of the truth, the word of God, that unlocked something in his life. And then he said, blessed are you, because his whole identity became blessed because he got a revelation of the truth of who Jesus was, right? So if we reverse that, right, if we grab a hold of something that's not true, we forget We forget to remember something that is true, something that God's word says or something that's truth about our identity in God or something that's true about the promise of God. And we forget about it, so we start thinking negatively about something or we start believing a lie. What it does is it now locks doors, prevents us, prevents us from moving ahead. And it seems like just a little everyday thing, but this is what's critical, is a lot of the times God... He will want to sometimes shake you and say, have you forgotten this thing about me? Have you forgotten how I can move? How have you forgotten about what I've said about you? Have you forgotten about what the word says about you? And I think one of the most significant things that you can in your day-to-day walk forget that you are 100% righteous before God because of Jesus Christ. So you think about moments in your day when you're somehow thinking, whether it's consciously right in the front of your mind or it's kind of lingering just in the back, and you somehow are thinking, oh, I'm not praying enough, I'm not doing enough, I'm not this, I'm not that, rah, 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 rah. What does that do? It blocks you from actually being able to experience the freedom in your relationship with God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Right? It does. It blocks you. Right? So... Uh, one of the keys we're going to look at is revelation. So the children of Israel, sorry, if we could just go back to that. You guys are awesome, doing great. The children of Israel did not go in, not go in, possess the promised land, take dominion, be able to enjoy the the domain that the king was sending them into because they forgot. So if we talk about a key versus an anti-key, one of the keys is to remember or to know or to have fresh revelation. You know how the Bible says that without a vision, people will perish because they won't cast off restraint. Another um, interpretation of the word vision is prophetic revelation, fresh revelation, because we know the Bible says that there's revelation from the Logos word. Everyone say Logos, which is the actual written scripture. But there's what sort of the Holy Spirit brings, what we call rema revelation. Okay? where he speaks to us specifically about how that scripture relates to our life right now or our situation or the season that we're in. So we've got the Logos word and then we've got the Rima word. And we know when the Rima word works with the Logos word, it, brevi- it breathes prophetic revelation into our life. This is why God is always saying he wants you to keep reading and feeding and reading and feeding I didn't spit on you, did I? Okay, just because you lent back. I did have a coffee. Maybe the breath's slightly stale. I apologize in advance. <laughs> Reading and, 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 and breathing and feeding on the Word of God. Why? Because it continues to put a key in your life, which is prophetic revelation. Because prophetic revelation will keep unlocking the kingdom of God within you. Now, what's a big part of the kingdom of God? Freedom. Everyone say Freedom. Freedom is a big part of the kingdom of God. If you want to know what, what does the kingdom of God look like, what's, what's one aspect of the kingdom of God, it's freedom. You think about this. If I know that I've got a sense of authority because I'm right before God, okay, and therefore I'm a person who can take dominion because I'm not held back by thinking how good enough I'm not and I can now actually run with the things of God because I know that the God's grace is, is endless upon my life, it will give you the authority that you can actually step out and take dominion and you can move forward in life. Think about one of the biggest blockages that will stop you from doing something or make you hesitant is that you just think that you're not good enough or you think that you're not right enough or you think that you're not ticking all the boxes. Is there anyone no one hearing me? So one of the things is they forgot a number of things About their All right, let's have a look at some of the things that they forgot about and apply this to our New Testament life now. Let's have a look at this first one. Thank you, team. Okay, so in the book of Exodus, we know that a part of this story of them actually coming out of Egypt and God wanting to move them into the promised land was what we call the Passover. And the Passover was a powerful uh, time because the Passover in Egypt was really an unbelievable miracle. Blood of a lamb on the lintels of their doors caused the death angel to pass over their dwellings. So the people of God were protected because of the Passover. Now, what's interesting about the Passover is it was really a revelation. Okay, God had revealed to them through the angel of the Lord that God had a protection plan for them. They were going to have freedom from the spirit of death and that God was, was giving them that revelation. He was giving them the, the battle plan. He was giving them, this is my plan. I'm gonna, I've, I've got this for you. It's going to be okay. You're going to experience freedom from the spirit of death, Right? It was revelation. So they knew that when the spirit of death passed over, that there was bloodstained on the door and that their family was not going to be impacted. It was not going to be touched. So there was something revealed to them about the plans and purposes of God for them to actually align to that and be okay. Is everyone hearing what I'm saying? So what did they know to do? They knew to stay in their homes. they not because they had the revelation. They were given the strategy. They were given the plan and purpose of God. It was revealed to them that they would be okay. Now, why are we talking about this, the Passover revelation? Why is this important? Well, they actually didn't go into the promises of God because at some point after the Passover, they forgot about it. I mean, isn't that crazy that they would forget about something like that? They forgot about the revelation. God had revealed a whole plan and purpose to them about not actually them being harmed. I want you to think about something that God has revealed to you in the past that maybe... Just maybe forgotten about or you're not focusing on. Let me share one I've got. God has revealed to me that it comes to all of the past that I've experienced, all of the the difficult things. He revealed to me that a lot of the difficulties that I've faced are going to be on the other side of it, opportunities for me to minister to other people. Exodus 15, that's right. Totally okay, Sam. It was like an exclamation mark. Um, and so this is the key. I want you to think about the fact that God is wanting to unlock things in your life. He speaks to you about things and he brings revelation to you. And there's past revelation that sometimes we forget about. Even this, we forget that revelation, in fact, is a key of the kingdom. Revelation is one of the most powerful keys to the kingdom. If you are in a situation where you're like, why is it that I'm stuck? Why do I feel stuck? Why do I feel like I'm kind of in the wilderness and I'm not moving on from this particular thing? My encouragement would be, what fresh revelation have you received from the Lord about that? More importantly, have you even positioned yourself to receive revelation? What happens is the people of God just started whinging and moaning about the situation and they'd forgotten. Their God, who loves them, actually had a whole strategy revealed into their heart about blood being on a door so that the spirit of death would not impact any of their families. Now, think about this. If they were in the wilderness struggling a little bit, God's really saying this. Um, Hello? Um, Have you come and asked me what my plan is to help you to get you out of the wilderness here? No, you're just murmuring and complaining, and now you're making this, like, weird bull (laughs) worship. Hello? Like, I'm the God of revelation. Hello? (laughs) Right. This is what God's saying. So I, I, if we apply it now to your life right now, one of the keys for you to access the kingdom, for you to shift out of you know, a place of hindrance and into a place of dominion, a place of rule of reign, a place of victory, a place of moving on, a place of door opening, is one of those keys is revelation. How do we get revelation? We've got to spend time with the Lord and we've got to inquire the Lord. The scripture says, inquire of me. Inquire of me, ask of me, talk to me, but talk to me with a sense that you're expecting me to talk back to you. To wait on the Lord to receive revelation. So everyone say again, revelation. 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 Number two is the purchase. And God declared to Egypt that his people were his purchased possession. And no force on earth would stop him leading them out of bondage. He paid the price to purchase people of God. No, in the New Testament, he paid the ultimate price, sacrificing his son, Jesus, to purchase us that we could forever be with him again. What's interesting here is when we talk about looking at the Exodus story and we're relating it to now the New Testament. So in the Exodus story, the people were purchased. Okay, how do we know that? Because he worked miracles and he sent all this stuff over the Pharaoh for him to release the people they, they were they were purchased there 's a whole thing there, a strategy that God released, and the people were purchased and were set free. We know that Jesus, because what he 's done is purchase is the price, but this is the key thing because of the purchase our righteousness and again, I was referring to this in the prayer time we are righteous because of what God has done because of the purchase of God. so what are the keys? To the kingdom of God is this, is you have to continually remind yourself that you're right before God. Why? Because it's about identity. And one of the things that will stop you from stepping into new doors or being able to experience the goodness of the kingdom of God is an attack on your identity. The number one weapon that will be used to attack your identity is doubt. Doubt about your righteousness. And that attack will live between your ears. And let's call it for what it is. It is plainly and simply deception. It's trickery. It's actually not obvious. If it was obvious, you probably wouldn't fall for it as easily. It's deception. Number one thing that will try to attack your identity is seeds and thoughts of doubt about that God sees you as pure white snow. You have to protect that. A key to the kingdom is you knowing that you were purchased by the blood of Jesus. And because of that, you have a righteous identity. You are right before God. God looks at you, Jackie, and says, wow, amazing. Amazing. It's good, isn't it? How cool is it that the blood of Jesus is like a filter? Is that like Snapchat? (laughs) You're showing me up there. Because I'm not really, I don't really know Snapchat very well. That's good. You're up to date. I love it. <laughs> Let's give Jackie and Matthew some love. Three, two, one. <laughs> Your righteousness. I, I, you know, I think every day, every day this would probably get attacked some way or form. Um, and in my own life, if I've been in, in a dark season, things are going pear-shaped. When I reflect on what was the catalyst for it? It was because I didn't discern the attack on my identity on the right. I started thinking and believing something about, you know, that my, my right standing before God has been hindered. Right? Now, this is, the, this is the crazy thing. Crazy good. This is the crazy thing. When your righteousness through what Jesus has done starts to get attacked, you are far less motivated to want to turn away from sin. Think about it. Because you don't freshly... Brace the fact that actually doesn't matter what you do, God loves you and sees you as perfect white snow because of Jesus. So what happens is that spirituality starts to get boring because you never think you're going to live up to it. You start to lean away from God's grace. Because what's beautiful about this, it's, it's, it's a way to access the kingdom of God. It's a way to access the peace of God. The sense of victory, the rule and reign in your identity is that you're right before God. Because when you start to not believe that you're right before God, you actually start to lean away from His presence. Lean away from His Word. Lean away from His goodness. Because you think somehow, some way, I just don't measure up and I'm probably never going to measure up. So you want to you wanna work on this. You know, what I'm doing here is I feel that this morning is like a mass mentoring session in a way. Like, imagine if you called me up and said, Pastor Brad, I just need to hang out. Let's have a coffee. Like I feel like I'm having coffee with all of your wants. I know mentoring can be more of a two-way street, but I just feel like I'm, what I'm doing is I'm releasing some keys today around what are some of those things can bombard your life and hinder you from really flowing in the freedom and the power of the kingdom of God that God says you're allowed to access. Is this helping someone here today? Yeah. Let's have a look at the next one. The scripture we talked about in Exodus talked about the planting. Right? So, We don't need to go there, team, but I'm just going to go back to the scripture. Till the people pass over, was the Passover, whom you have purchased, purchase. You will bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance. So there's a planting. There's a key to the kingdom of God. One of the keys is this principle of planting. And what is planting? Planting is establishing, it's positioning, it's posturing, it's about Hearing revelation, hearing the word of God, understanding who you are, and then actually applying wisdom now with that, doing something with it. Who knows that knowledge without wisdom is nothing, really, right? So what's wisdom versus knowledge? Knowledge is knowing what to do. Wisdom is actually doing it, okay, and doing it well. Who knows that sometimes there are a lot of Christians in Christianity that know a lot of stuff but aren't really doing much with it. Come on now, where well, we hear the word of God but we don't apply it. Who knows that sometimes we can get addicted to great sermons because they really get us excited, but yet we don't actually allow that word to change our behaviors, change our choices, change our day, change our week, change our month, change our behaviors, etc., etc., right? So we know that one of the keys to the kingdom is wisdom, right? So revelation is one, hearing instruction, hearing strategy, the logos and the Rima word, actually having something revealed to us and being reminded of what that is. Sometimes we need fresh revelation, but sometimes we need to be reminded of something that God has already released into our life. We also need to protect our identity that we're not a performance person, but because of Christ, we actually walk from the grace of God rather than trying to walk walk towards it. Right? We respond to To the fact that we're right before God and then we're actually free to start to move forward because we don't have to perform to actually get to the grace of God. The grace of God is already freely given to us because we're right before God because the work of the cross and then we can respond to that and now walk forward and take dominion. And it's about applying wisdom. I had someone just last Sunday who kind of before the service said, you know, Pastor Brown, I really want to get some advice from you. And, you know, that naming names or whatever that person, if they're here today, I don't even know because I can't see because the light's. Hallelujah. But if you're here today, you know it's you. It's all good. I'm not going to name your name. It's all about confidentiality and respect. I get that. But what I loved about this conversation is this person having a moment of humility and saying, you know, Pastor Rad, what do you think has been the key in actually walking with God and having a bit of consistency around and being able to break through, rather than just going going around and around and around and around, like the the people from Exodus going around and around the wilderness? I said, I think one of the biggest keys... When you come into the kingdom of God, not putting so much straight away the emphasis on, do I belong with Christians? Do I click with other Christians? Because usually when you come from the world, okay, if you hang out with Christians, it's going to feel like there's a little bit of a disconnect. You're going to probably think they're a little bit nerdy, right? I'm just talking stereotypical. And a lot of times, the biggest mistake I see people make is when they first come out of the world into the kingdom of God, they're looking for friendships. They're looking for peers. They're looking for buddies. And I say, that's good and that will come. But actually, you start looking for friendships, you'll probably get disappointed right, straight away because there's still stuff of the world that God needs to deliver you from. And if you're looking for mainly people that you enjoy spending time with, you're probably going to have a tendency to go back and hang out with your worldly friends. And then that right there is a lack of wisdom because who you hang around impacts on who you're becoming. So it's foolishness to be new into the kingdom of God and still mainly hang out with people of the world, okay? Doesn't mean that we never do that because when we get into a season of breakthrough and victory, then we can start influencing and having you know, connections with people who aren't in the kingdom because we want to help to bring them into the kingdom of God. But there's a timing and a season and wisdom would say, and I know this because I felt that tug and I had good mentors around me that said, you must for a season, cut yourself off from the things of the world completely. It's called consecration. And so this person was saying, you know, what do you think is the key? Because, you know, in my life, I've seen a lot of inconsistency. I've kind of got one foot in, um, in the house of God, of the kingdom of God, one foot out. And, you know, there's a sway and I never seem to really get consistent. And I said, well, I think you need to put more emphasis on finding mentors in the kingdom of God. People who are further on from you, who will say it how it is, speak love, wisdom into you and just Build people, you know, get around people who will help to disciple you and mentor you. Don't worry about if you don't have a whole bunch of friends in the house of God. That will come because as you break through and you start to align to the kingdom of God's values, you'll start to feel more comfortable and and belonging with people who also got those same values. But that won't come straight away. And this person had a light bulb moment. Like, ah, I think I realized what I've been doing wrong because they admitted they're putting, putting so much more value on. Oh, of course, if I really belong in the house of God, I'm instantly going to you know, just connect with people and have all these friendships. Well, not necessarily, because there's still a massive tug of war of your value system. And really, God is, is wanting to deliver you from the world that's had its hand upon you. And it takes time sometimes. You can deliver and set free straight away, but sometimes there's a transition period. And so that was an example of wisdom. And so when you plan and establish anything that has to be established, anything that has to be built, it has to be built on uh just blind faith. You have to do something with the Word of God. You have to do something with the revelation that God gives you. You have to do something with your righteousness, that sense of I know that I'm right before God, that God wants to bless me, that the curse is broken upon my life, and I'm right before God, and I'm empowered by God, and I'm a victorious person. I may not feel it all the time, but this is who I am. I am right before God. He gives me revelation. He gives me a sense of direction. He gives me principles from the Word of God, and now I want to step out in both of those things, Revelation and righteousness, two keys with the third key of wisdom, which is applying applying the instruction of the Lord, applying the Word of God, applying knowledge of God that I'm receiving from him. and that's called wisdom, to do stuff with the Word of God, not just allow stuff to tickle my ears. I think that's a sign why sometimes people feel like they're stuck is that they'll heal multiple sermons, do mul- multiple training, receive lots of revelation may impact their identity positively for a period of time. They never really do anything differently. They never allow it to change their choices, change their behavior, change their actions, change their patterns. They're not going to fully access things of the kingdom of God. They're not going to walk the fullness of what God has. The good news is, is that God's grace is endless. So let's say you've been using a key of revelation. You've been hungry direction and understanding and and let's say you're working on your identity of the righteousness piece and knowing that you have been purchased and knowing that God has you know you know know, passed over your life and that he's brought you from a place of death and into a place of victory but if you haven't been applying things God's grace is endless and it's just about going well this is the key that's missing what am I going to do about it God's plan was simple. He would plant them in his place of inheritance and nothing could ever separate them from the place of his planting. Promised land was an end to spiritual wandering. They forgot where they were to be planted. So I think sometimes people forget that they're, when we use the word planted, it means you are called to establish things. I want to talk to you heart to heart right now. I think sometimes people, Forget that Christianity is not just about hearing the Word of God and experiencing the Holy Spirit. It's not the whole story. It's not all about just an experience. Right? Oh, wow. And then we go back outside that conference or that church and we do nothing differently. We're called to establish things, wisdom. So it's about allowing yourself to go, what do I need to do differently? What do I, do I need to change my approach? Do I need to change some habits? It's hard, but can I tell you this? Pain, this is a common saying I love. The pain of discipline, okay, is far less painful than the pain of regret. i to repeat this after me. The pain of discipline is far less painful. Let's say that again. Is far less painful. Say that one more time. Is far less painful than the pain of regret. I think a lot of times we don't really, really get that. I'm going to ask just an instrumentalist to come. Next one is the place. So going back to the scripture in Exodus 15, 16, in the place, O Lord, which you have made for your own dwelling. So the place. So we've talked about that. What were some of the keys that the people of God in Exodus who had been delivered from Egypt didn't really utilize, and that's why they kind of got stuck. And these keys help us to move on the things of God. They help us to go into seasons of dominion, ruling and reigning, breaking through victory. The first key we've talked about so far is that they forgot the Passover. They forgot the revelation key. Second thing is they forgot who purchased them. They forgot the righteousness key, identity key. Third one is they forgot where they were to be planted. They forgot the establishing key or the key of wisdom, doing stuff, the instruction, the revelation from God. It's like, you know, imagine being given an, a plan from an architect, Just looking at it going, oh, that's nice. That'll be nice one day. And never really, going, well, where's, okay, I need to get some wood, I need to get a hammer, I need to get some nails, I need to, okay, apply the instruction and start to establish and and, and, and work on this revelation, this plan, this blueprint and working, applying it, get those things established. But this one on the screen, the place, which is a key of authority. And we talked about it just after worship. And we praise our King. We robe Him with our worship, our adoration. We're actually saying this, you are the author of my life. You are the author. I recognize your authority. You are the author and the finisher of my life. You're an amazing author, a great author. You're the maker of heaven and earth. And when, we, when we recognize the, who the author is, it actually blesses and establishes and helps with our authority. And it sets in place where you and God connected. So when we look at the story of the Exodus here, in the place, O Lord, which you have made for your own dwelling, we know this, that God, when we, when we look at this key of authority... When you take God's word and you activate your authority with God's word, and you speak it out, and also you know that God is with you, so as you're speaking it out, He's agreeing with you. You have this sense of connectivity. You establish this sense of that God is with you, and that there's a place that you're building in the spiritual realm with you and God. I know it's it's hard for me to explain, but. I'll just read this note here. The promised land and the mountain of the Lord were shaped specifically by God's hand for his people. Can I tell you, there's a place in the spiritual realm where you and God are to meet. There's a place, everyone say place, where it's not just he wants you to be someone who walks and establishes things, but he wants you to meet with him. a place, as we call it, the secret place, where you recognize his authority and then it establishes your authority. One of the keys of the kingdom of God is growing in your authority. And how do you do that? By experiencing the authority of your God. Another thing that will increase your authority is, watch this, you receive revelation from the author, You've written the word of instruction for your life. When you read what the author has said, and then when you do it, then when you see what comes and gets established, can I tell you, I want everyone to eyeball me right now. I don't want anyone to be distracted from this point. It's so simple, so incredibly powerful to discipleship. When you hear the word of God, then you do the word of God, and then you see the fruit of that, you grow in authority. Let's reverse engineer that. What impacts your growth in authority spiritually? One, when you don't even hear the word of God. Read the Word of God. You don't really position yourself for revelation. But more importantly, what hinders your authority? is When you hear the Word of God, you don't do it. Don't apply it. Because what that reinforces in your heart, that, oh, your ear gets tickled by the Word. But you don't, through lack of discipline, apply it. And then you lose confidence. You lose authority in your ability to walk with God. Think about... How many times people hear all these amazing sermons, but nothing really changes in their life. Now, it doesn't mean because they haven't tried enough, but I think a lot of the times it's because they haven't somehow found a way to listen and to do and then to see the fruit and go, Wow, that works. got told by a young adults couple, a couple of years ago, I went to an engagement party. I probably only knew 2% of the people in the room. They were kind of Jewish couple in our church at the time, but they'd come from another church. And so most of the people uh, in the church, or sorry, in the engagement party weren't members of our church. They were mostly, mainly Christians. And it was really interesting because this couple gave me some feedback. They said, oh, I just want to share something with you. One of our friends who don't really know you gave this really interesting feedback about you, Pastor Brad. And I said, well, what was that? What is it? And I was expecting her to say, "Oh, they thought that you, the joke that you were telling was really funny." Or you know, so I remember telling a really good joke that night, and it was—I well, thought it was funny anyway. <laughs> we were laughing, but they said this. They said everyone said when you walked into the room, now there was just this real sense of authority about you. You just would—you just kind of knew who you were. Can I say before you, my authority is not perfect. I have doubts every day. I'm not here bragging. It's not about me. But I can tell you that if I go back to the point before, I have experienced this. I've heard from God and I've known that I'm not perfect, but I'm right before God, that God ultimately loves me, favours me, and wants to help me to be a person of dominion. So it's pushed out the doubt of, oh, what if it doesn't go well when I step out? And I've stepped out with wisdom and I've applied the word of God and I've seen things get established in my life. And because of that, God has birthed a level of authority in me that I know, that I know, that I know. That if you apply these things, if you use these keys, it unlocks kingdom of God in your life. Can I tell you, it's such a rich, fulfilling thing. Bring substance to the inside to your experience with Jesus. It's like a full-faceted thing. In a way, it's like, you know, you're able to tap into the fuller menu of the kingdom. So my heart this morning is to help, encourage, guide and say, you know what? God loves you. There are so many keys, but it's just about the way. Number one thing is to spend time with the Lord and just understand, hear the voice of God. Lean on his word. Get instruction. If you're not sure how to do that, then let me encourage you. Get into a circle. <laughs> go to the discipleship course. Right? Two words that might seem a little bit harsh, but it's from love. No excuses. Right? If you're really hungry to grow, then position yourself. Right? But get that revelation. Take that righteousness. You are blessed by God, not because of what you've done. And get going. Get doing. Making some changes. If you're struggling to make changes, then go to the Game Changers course. That's what that's all about. Authority. The promised land and the mount of the Lord was shaped specifically by God's hand for his people. It was a place where God's honor would dwell on earth. It was a sanctuary of safety and provision prepared for his people. We find the promised place when we learn to live in Christ. Live Sorry, Life in Christ is the promised land. All else is still wilderness wandering. And so they forgot what God had prepared for them. Let me say this to you. Do not forget that God's kingdom is about things manifesting in your life that are good. If you're sitting here today and you have got question marks about your life, I've got good news for you. God has answers to those question marks. If you're sitting here today going, I've got question marks about my marriage. I want you to know that God has revelation. He wants to release to you. He wants to in a healthy way, restore your identity in him, and he wants to help you to give you those keys to apply wisdom to make changes that will bless and restore your marriage. I'll tell you what's not gonna restore your marriage. It's not gonna restore your marriage if you just have the latest Holy Spirit goosebump experience. That's no insult to anyone here, but sometimes Christianity we we put it in a box like that. The answer is I just gotta have an, a Holy Spirit goose. No, you've actually got to get strategy from the Lord and you've got to Look at your identity, that you're coming from grace, not trying to strive towards it. And you've got to make some changes. You take responsibility. And then it will unlock kingdom of God in your marriage. And what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God ruling, meaning, dominion, victory, the king's domain, fruitfulness, its answers. If you're disappointed, if, you're, if you've had setbacks, I understand probably the thing that's probably niggling you the most right now that there's lack of authority there because you're like well I don't really know if this really does work you know what can I say this it's actually okay that's okay okay that's where you're at I want to tell you that that's not where God wants to leave you so what I'm doing is I'm just revealing there are certain keys in a keychain, and sometimes we're not even aware of some of the keys last one Permanence. What I love about this is this reverse knee attack on your motivation. Let's say you're sitting here, and you're like, <sighs> "Just over it. I've been fighting for so long, trying so hard, and I'm just over it." So I want to say, I get that. Second thing I want to say is this: you have to. Find your new why, your, your fresh why behind what God wanting you to do. And I want you to remember this. There's a legacy piece about being a man or a woman of God. Something beyond you. And God wants to bring restoration in your life. He wants to help see the kingdom of God established in your life. Because you continuing to help build around you. Moments and witnesses and signs and evidence of the kingdom of God, which will help to awaken eternity in others. There is a permanence. A lot of things are temporary. A lot of things are temporal, says the Bible. There are things that are permanent. And what I mean by permanent, not just in this lifetime, but forever. So when you actually receive revelation, when you actually have a protection around your righteousness and your identity, and then what you do is you apply wisdom and then what you do is you build authority. Then you actually start to see breakthrough. Those things that you see breakthrough in are not just about this lifetime. I'll give you a classic example. Greg and Julie, in marriage, is a massive encouragement to Sarah and my marriage. They've had to fight, they've had to struggle, but they've applied all of these things that I'm talking about today. And when we are able, in our own struggle sometimes, look at the generation before us to go well if they can do it we can do it now this is not to shame anyone that if you know let's say if your marriage has fallen apart that you know you're not a good example or whatever and what have you I'm not here to shame but what I'm trying to say is everything God is worth fighting for that's what I'm trying to say now you might be on the other side of a divorce that's cool I get that but we're not here to shame it I'm talking about God is always saying now look ahead And if there are things that God's asking you to establish now, but maybe you have doubt about that or you have a lack of authority about that or you've heard from God, but you haven't applied that. Can I just say that thing that God's asking you to establish to open new doors and to expand the kingdom of God in your life, to take dominion, it's worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for. So if you're a single parent here today or if you're a divorcee, maybe it's your children. That's worth fighting for. Or maybe your marriage is on the rocks. Can I say it's worth fighting for? Maybe there's something to do with uh, something to do with your finances. And you feel like God is really wanting to have you break through in your finances, but you're in that place where you're about to give up. Right? But maybe God has put on your heart to build some type of a breakthrough for your children, an inheritance and some type of, of, of a new direction. It's worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for fight with the keys of the kingdom. Let's stand this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you've released revelation today. Lord, we thank you, Father, that this morning... I just want you to lift your hands or position yourself however you want to position yourself in faith as we pray and just activate this word. Father, we thank you, Lord, Lord, for the keys of the kingdom. Lord, we pray, Father, for this key of revelation. Lord, that as people, Lord, position themselves in your word and in your presence, that they'd be able to download and they know that when they're downloading something, Lord, something fresh from heaven, even if it's resurrecting a word from the past or if it's something new that you're baking in their spiritual oven, Lord, I pray, Father, this be a season that you're releasing new revelation. Lord, because as if you're releasing revelation and we're downloading things, Father, Lord, you're activating the kingdom of God within people. Father, we pray for the, the key of righteousness. Lord, that you would help to strengthen people's identity, that they are right before you, that you love them, not because of what they do perfectly, but because of what your son has done. And Lord, that we you look upon us as pure white, that we are, do not have a blemish, that we are great and mighty people in your sight, and that you love and you adore us. And we thank you, Lord, that you're breaking off a spirit of performance and you're releasing a spirit of freedom in our identity today, Father. I thank you, Lord, for that key to the kingdom. I thank you, Lord, for the third key of wisdom, Lord, that you want to help us to establish things, that you've called us to be builders and partners with you as the grand architect, architect Father. And so I thank you, Lord, that as we apply your word, that as we make changes, that as we do things differently, Lord, that's a key that will lock that we don't sit and stay stagnant and just let the word tickle our ears but as we step out by faith and we thank you lord that works without or faith without works is dead so we thank you, lord that as we activate our faith with works by doing something lord that you will anoint our hands and partner with us to establish things through wisdom i thank you, lord for the key of authority lord lord that as we understand who we are lord that we can actually see that as we apply these things that lord your authority within us starts to grow and we have a greater confidence Lord, that we're not called just to stay in one place for the rest of our lives and struggle. But Lord, we are called, Lord, to move forward. And we are called, Lord, to grow in authority and grow in the confidence of Christ. And I thank you, Lord, that this last key of eternity, this this sense of permanence, Father. Lord, that we're building not just for ourselves. We're building, Lord, not just for today. We're building not even just for tomorrow or for the next 10 years. But Lord, this fight of fate is, is worth it, Father. Lord, that we're establishing things, Lord, that will help other people, Lord, Lord, to be encouraged. And Lord, we're fighting for our marriages and we're fighting for our children and we're fighting for our finances and we're fighting for our even our growth spiritually uh, in our church and in our families, Lord, and in our own identity, Lord. Lord, we keep fighting, God, because, Lord, we are sowing into eternal purposes, Father. Lord, I thank you, Lord, right now that you would strengthen everyone with this word. And we thank you, Lord, that you've given us the keys to the kingdom of God. Lord, we pray that you would unlock and help us to access the things of the kingdom as we apply these things. Father, if there's anyone here who's still feeling lonely or they're feeling isolated, Lord, show them right now who they need to connect with, a circle that they need to go to, getting around a mentor, going into a discipleship course. Getting involved somewhere to build relationship, Father. I thank you, Lord. Strengthen this community, Lord. Lord, that we're here to help one another, sharpen one another, encourage one another. Father, I thank you, Lord, that this is not a community of victimhood, that we are not victims. And even though your house sometimes is a hospital, it's not just a hospital. It's a house to establish sons and daughters, to raise up strong stewards of the keys of the kingdom. Father, release stewardship in this house today, that we'd be good stewards of these keys, that we'd utilize these keys, that we'd use these keys to unlock the kingdom of God. Father, I pray that the kingdom of God, Lord, would start manifesting in our life more, that we'd start to see more evidence of your kingdom, Father, in our lives. Lord, that you've called us to be a flourishing and a thriving and a victorious people that would move forward with you into your promises. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for your grace, for your mercy. We thank you above all for your faithfulness, God, that all of your promises are yes and amen. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing through your word this morning. We give you all of the praise. And everyone said amen. Let's just thank God for his word this morning. Thank you, Lord.